it's probably the most beloved story uh, that's ever been told. Luke, the disciple, records for us in those first words of Luke chapter 2, now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census should be taken of all of the inhabited earth. This was the first census that was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and of the family of David, in order to register with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. And while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloth, and she laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. Israel was in a pitiful place. In fact, in a world at this moment that was pregnant with the anticipation, it was such an unexpected entry for a king. It was devastating to be a Jew during this time. Uh, politically, the world was in an upheaval. Under the control of a man by the name of Herod, the Jews experienced much Oppression. They were forced to give tribute to this pagan king or face the punishment or perhaps even death if they refused. Socially, they were burdened by third world conditions. If you have ever traveled throughout the world and been a part of a third world country for any period of time, you understand the devastation that people live under in these conditions. They were forced to travel, the Bible tells us, during this census, and they find themselves in an overcrowded, overtaxed, and overburdened community called Bethlehem, filled with other travelers. Tensions, you can imagine, would be high while the resources were low. Economically, the unbearable taxation meant that you could never get ahead. At best, you could provide for your family, but there would often be very little, if anything, that was remaining. It was a society of coerced allegiance to a tyrannical king that was riddled with poverty and injustice. And yet it was into this scene that a savior would be born. The details of the story of the manger and Bethlehem would likely look very different than the story that we are familiar with. Luke again records for us that while they were there, the days were completed for Mary to give birth. Now, I would like to think that Joseph, even though he was a first-time husband and soon-to-be first-time father, would have uh, been inexperienced but hopefully not a fool. In other words, he would not have waited till the very last moment to make the 90-mile journey on the back of a donkey with a very pregnant wife. We believe that they had likely been in Bethlehem for a number of weeks by the time that Mary was prepared to give birth. And yet we find them searching. The Bible says that they had this child in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. The, the actual word in the original language means spare room, 
When moments like this would come about and travelers would come from afar, most homes possessed a spare bedroom for people to come and find shelter for the evening. It's believed that as Mary and Joseph were traveling to this place, that all of the spare rooms that were available because of the, the timing of this census and because of the festivals of those times of years, that there was no available room. While at the same time, Joseph was from Bethlehem. He likely would have had other relatives that would have lived in that area, if not his own parents. And as they went around from one place to the next, they find that all of the extra places that people would hold for visitors had already been taken. And so they find themselves in a rather unique situation. While there wouldn't be a room for them, the Jewish people were known for their hospitality. And so seeing this pregnant little girl, it wouldn't have been as, as often professed in the pictures and everything else that the innkeeper is this gruff old man who has no desire to show any compassion. Likely a space would have been carved out, not in the guest room, but in the lower level of a house. It's unfamiliar to us what this might look like. I was traveling a number of years ago throughout Ethiopia, and I got to see firsthand what this scene might have looked like. We were coming into this small village, and throughout the village, there were all of these mud houses. They called them a tickle. As you go into this little mud house, you would immediately be greeted on the left side of this house that we entered into were all of the farm animals that the family possessed. It was evening time, and after those animals had been out in the fields throughout the day, they would bring those animals into the house, and they would corral them off on one side of the house. The other side of this room was a, a platform that was built up. On that platform, the family would cook their meals and they would spend time together. And then up above all of these others, there was lofts that went around this house. It was up on those lofts that the family would climb up into at night and they would sleep in this place. What likely happened was that the lofts in all of these homes, the places that were designated for sleeping had already been possessed by other travelers or by other family members in that area. And so Mary and Joseph find a little place next to the animals on the first floor of this home being carved out for them to be. As Luke says that the times for the birth of Jesus became due, what likely would have happened was that some of those other Jewish women that were there would have gathered around little Mary Again, this is a teenage girl who's having her first child. She maybe has been around or supported her aunts or her mom at some point in watching other children be born, but it would have been an experience that would have been unknown to her. And so as those other women from that community would come in, they would begin to shoo all of those Jewish men in that house out the door. They likely would have waited expectantly outside that door, listening for the cries of a child and the announcement that a baby had been born. It was into this scene that this little baby Jesus was born. In many ways, very unlike our expectations of what might have happened that night, and yet in no way less the blessing 
of what was received. In fact, the thing that was likely the most out of place that night was not necessarily the events surrounding the birth of this little one, but an encounter. An encounter that shepherds that were out in the hills of Bethlehem had with what Luke says was a, a multitude of angels. In fact, he records it this way in the same region. There were shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their fields by night. And the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to him, as angels always tend to do, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you great, no great news of great joy that will be for all of the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace amongst men with whom he is pleased. And when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and they found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured these things pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had seen, just as they had been told. The fact was that for most of those people that were present that night, very little, if anything, appeared to change. Maybe you have been in similar situations where you didn't realize until much later the significance of what had actually taken place. You walk back and you, you reflect over the years about how pivotal of a time that was. But for all of those who were present in that night, they, they, they knew what, what was going on with Mary and Joseph. And they had heard the words of, of these shepherds. But, but how, could this, how could this child, how could this baby bring all of the change that Israel was so desperate for in this time? In reality, it would be another 30 years before Jesus would even begin his ministry. 30 years more of waiting. Imagine the pressure there must have been. All of the prophecy that was supposed to be fulfilled through this one. The doubt that this little boy who would run around and play with the other boys in the neighborhood could ever do anything of the kind of significance that Israel was in need of. What do you do when nothing happens for 30 years? When all of your hopes and your dreams seem lost in the present struggles of life? When what you were promised seems like it's nowhere to be found? What do you do when hope is delayed? Well, for us, we know the story. We know that Jesus would eventually step into that ministry and for three and a half years he would do the things which the Old Testament had prophesied him about. But 30 years would pass. I wonder how many of those shepherds were still alive to see Jesus begin to do the things that the angels had told them about. 
History tells us that Joseph was likely no longer alive by the time Jesus enters into his ministry. What do you do as a father who was given a promise that doesn't get to see it come to pass? What do you do when hope seems hopeless? Well, for us, we wait. We hold fast to the promises that God's word gives to us and for the promise that we come to celebrate during this day. And so I would ask you, what are you waiting for today? What hope have you placed in things that seem hopeless in this season? A season that oftentimes highlights the loss more than it does the victory. For 30 years, Jesus would live under the rule of pagan kings, under oppressive religious culture and the difficulties of everything that goes along with that. It would be 30 years before the light of the world that was born into poverty, that was rejected by humanity, would restore hope to a dying and a broken people. One small light, the Bible says, born into darkness that would light the hearts of all of those who would call upon his name. Jesus says in his first sermon, the Sermon on the Mount in the book of Matthew, he says that you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand? And it gives light to all who are in the house. And so let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Because of Jesus, we have not just the light of the world given to us, but we have the light that lives in us. In the midst of the unexpected this season, as it was on that silent night in the little town of Bethlehem, Will you allow the light that is in you to give hope to a world that is desperate for his touch? Just stand with me as we sing this song.
a child will be born to us, a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Father, I ask that as we go from this place today that your peace would guide us. Father, that in a world of the unexpected, Father, that when we can't see what tomorrow will hold, Father, that we would lean into the promise of the one who holds tomorrow. Would you allow that light to shine within us that in every conversation and every interaction, your presence and your glory would go forth. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being here. We'll see you next week.